You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Real quick, before I jump into my message, we're talking about today people on purpose. And I was thinking today, the best thing that we can do is not just be spectators in a church, but actually actually be participators. And what I mean by that is getting involved in a team. I would have never thought I would ever be doing what I'm doing right now. Like I'm 24 years old and getting to lead the youth ministry and have the honor of doing that and being up here on this stage. I never would have ever thought in a million years I would be doing what I'm doing now. But it's all because I decided to jump in and participate and be a part of this church and join the internship and join a team. And it's actually through that time where I actually discovered my purpose, where I found out that I actually do have a passion for ministry, that I do have a passion to build God's house. And when I was in the internship, God showed me like, Connor, you are called for such a time as this. Like you are called to be doing what you're doing. And I fell in love with ministry. So today I want to encourage you guys, if you're sitting in here and maybe you've never been on a team before in our church, I will guarantee you that it's going to be the most fun of your life. You're going to join a great family and we're going to continue to do life together. But before I jump into my message, I wanted to honor our amazing campus pastors, pastors Matt and Michaela. Man, I could just, I could spend all my 10 minutes just talking about the importance of honor and talking about you guys. And I'm just so thankful for what you've done for my life, what you've guys done for the church, the incredible leaders, pioneers, role models that you are for me. Like, I know I wouldn't be the man that I am today doing the things that I'm doing if it wasn't for you guys. So let's give it up for our amazing campus pastors. And so this month, the month of March, we're in the series called Lifting the Standard. And it's been an incredible series. We had the amazing Dr. Matt talk last week about destiny is a choice and Pastor Jurgen a couple weeks ago. And I was thinking as the theme verse for this month is Isaiah 59, 19. It talks about when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord is gonna lift up a standard against him. And I love that verse because it says, when the enemy comes in like a flood. It doesn't talk about if the enemy is going to come in like a flood. It doesn't say, well, maybe on the third Tuesday of every month, the enemy is going to come in like a flood. No, it talks about that the enemy is going to come in like a flood, that it is a promise that the enemy is going to come. And I was thinking, well, if the enemy is going to come and try and ruin my life or speak lies into my life or get me afraid or cause me to doubt, I want to be ready. Like, I don't want the enemy to come into my life and try and mess with me and me not be ready. And so I was thinking with me being the youth pastor here at the church, we like to take our teenagers paintballing. And I was thinking when you're going to go paintballing, I mean, it's not the smartest thing, but I was thinking you shouldn't just wear like, you know, just shorts and a tank top because who knows if you get shot, that's not going to be fun. And I was thinking like when you go paintballing, you got to prepare yourself. You got to get the right pants on. You got to put on the hoodie. So when you get shot, it's not going to hurt as much. And God showed me the same thing is with your spiritual life, that you got to prepare yourself so when the enemy comes, you're not going to be caught off guard, that you're going to know that you can continue to do what God has called you to do. And so today, I really want to encourage us to what we do today will dictate our tomorrow. Like, what can we do today to prepare ourselves for when the enemy comes and tries to attack you, tries to bring defeat, tries to bring fear? And so today, the title of my message is called With You. And the reason I called it is God is always with you, that he never left you, he never forsake you. And maybe last year, 2020, was a difficult season for a lot of us, or maybe the last five years of your life 
has been a time where you've been believing for things and you feel like those things haven't come to pass, or maybe things have been difficult in your life. So today I wanna encourage you that God is always with you and he is always for you. And before I jump into a verse, Casey Bombasi, he's an amazing man of God. He preached at our, on a main Wednesday night a couple weeks ago, but he spoke to our teenagers. And he talked to us a couple of Sundays, or actually a couple of Wednesdays ago, and, taught, and talked about the importance of when the enemy comes in like a flood, we got to be anchored in God and we got to be anchored in the church. Because when the enemy comes, we don't want to be someone that is just tossed and going with the flow when the flood comes. Like we got to be steadfast. We got to be secure knowing no matter what the enemy does, we can trust in God and we can have a church where we can get encouraged, where we can get loved on and where other people can continue to pour uh, into us. And so the title of my message, like I said, is with you. And I want to read a scripture out of Matthew 14, 14, 28. It talks about, and Peter answered him, that is Jesus, and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And I was reading this passage and God showed me two things that I really want to share with you guys today. And the first one was, we got to trust God's word. You know, right now we're living in a season where a lot of people are looking to the government or looking to the world to get their trust. But I love this verse because it talks about Peter saying, Jesus, if it is you, command me to come. And Jesus says, come. And I can just visualize and visualize with me for a second that Peter was in a nice, nice secure boat. Like he was in a boat that was comfortable, a boat that he had everything that he needed. It was a safe spot. You know, he probably had a waitress in there bringing him drinks, bringing him salami and cheeses. And so Jesus said, come. And what I encourage you guys is as Peter got up and was about to walk on the water, he was probably talking to like, you know, the other disciple, John, and saying, John, like, do I take one, my right foot first or my left foot first? Like, how am I supposed to do this thing? And John's like, I don't know. I've never done it either. either. But Jesus said, come. And what I love about that is Peter left a place that was comfortable, a place that was easy to stay in and decided to follow Jesus because as he took a step, he was stepping into the unknown. He was stepping into something that he didn't know what was gonna happen, but he trusted in Jesus's word that said, hey, if Jesus is telling me to come, I'm gonna trust in him and his word's gonna keep me afloat. So I'm encouraging you guys today, maybe where are some things in our life that we're not trusting God? Like where are some areas in our life where maybe we're believing for that breakthrough financially, or maybe we're believing for that dream job? Are we tithing? Are we trusting God with our finances? Like Dr. Matt was saying, are we deciding to pour into the house of God and trust God? Or maybe there's some of us in here that got a word from God last year at the beginning of the year to start a business. And January went by, February went by, and then COVID happened in March. And you decided to get a little bit fearful and you decided to be like, am I going to trust God or am I going to trust what everyone's telling me to do? Am I going to stay open or I'm going to close? And what I love about this is as we trust God, he's going to bring breakthrough into our life. Because like I said earlier, wherever God leads you, he's going to bring provision. Wherever God is nudging you to step, wherever God is calling you to go, he is going to bring provision in your life. And I was even thinking too, there's a story in the Bible called um, the story of the walls of Jericho. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard this story, a powerful story. And I was thinking, so six days, these guys, the Israelite army was walking around these walls 
and nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And, and then the seventh day, they walked around these things and the walls fell down as they shouted, as the trumpets were playing. And what I love about this is the walls came down, but it was through trusting in their leader and trusting in God and things that don't make sense. Being in a boat and stepping out on the water and walking on water doesn't make sense. But when we trust in God, he is gonna do the unexpected in our life. And as I'm closing up, there's one more point in a story that I wanna share. Point number two is don't doubt. Don't doubt. You see, in verse 30, it says, when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And Jesus said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? As the, saying, the thing about that is when Peter was walking on water, he was probably like, dang, like I'm actually doing this. I'm walking on water. But for a moment, he lost his focus. He got his eyes off Jesus and was like looking at his left and saw the wind and saw these waves. And then he got afraid and sank. Where in our lives are we doubting ourselves? Where are we doubting God? Maybe we stepped into something and things are not going the way that we thought they were going. And then we start doubting, did God really call me to this? Did God really tell me to step out and pursue that girl, to build that relationship, to step into that job? And I love that because as we don't doubt, that's when we can see God do the impossible in our life. You know, I like Superman and that's a good, good movie and stuff. And the kryptonite to seeing God do the impossible in your life is self-doubt. The kryptonite of God doing the impossible in your life is self-doubt. And a story that I wanna share in the last minute that I have is a couple Sunday nights ago, I was just going to bed like a normal Sunday night. It was 10, 10.30 at night. And I was getting ready to go to sleep and the enemy just started to attack me. He started to speak lies into my mind that you're not worthy, that you're not valuable, that what you're doing right now is not making a difference. And I want you guys to learn from the story because I started to agree with what the enemy was saying. And as I was agreeing, he started to bring more lies saying, hey, if you're gone tomorrow, no one will even notice that you're gone. Like what you're doing right now is not making a difference and all these different things. And I started crying. And for you in here, you, some of you know me that I'm not a crier. Like I like to do crazy jumps on my dirt bike and BMX and I can fall and get hurt and not cry. But I started crying because I felt the enemy attacking me so strong and I was starting to doubt what I was actually called to do. And then I was like, enough is enough. You know what? I started praying in tongues, started speaking in tongues, started declaring over myself that I am confident, that I'm a warrior, that I am bold, that I'm called to do exactly what I'm doing right now, that the enemy cannot take me out. And so I wanna encourage you guys. I love the verse, Isaiah 59, 19. It talks about when the enemy comes in like a flood, what are we gonna do? I want us to be anchored in God, anchored in the church, trust God's word, do not doubt, and watch what God's gonna do in your life. Come on. Come on and help me welcome up the one and only Lauren Gay. Come on. That was amazing. And Connor, you honestly are just an amazing person all around. Um, I want to start by giving honor where honor is due, and that is to Dr. Pastor Matt and Pastor Michaela. I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to speak into this congregation today and for being leaders who raise and release other leaders so intentionally. I couldn't be more thankful for both of you, and I really do just love you both tons. Um, so to start out, when I began to prepare for this message, the first verse that came to my mind was Proverbs eleven twenty four, And it says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Yes. 
So as I get into this, I want to start by giving you some examples of how I have personally experienced my world getting, in, getting larger and larger in this house. 15 years ago, when I started coming to Awaken, I was single. I was just getting started in college. I was living at home with my parents on a very part-time income. I was serving weekly on the worship team here in this house. And I had a lot of dreams and desires in my heart that I was honestly way too insecure to really admit hardly even to myself and nonetheless to pursue. But if you fast forward to today, I graduated college with honors. I got married. I have three beautiful daughters. I've owned three homes in our amazing city. I have gone from being a corporate worker to now a stay-home mom as my husband and I have launched our own national company just this last year. I have continued to be a part of the worship team, and I had the honor for three and a half years to be the worship director of our Bressy Ranch campus alongside my husband. I would definitely say that my world has gotten larger. Now, some would say that the ways in which my world has gotten larger is the direct result of just a natural progression of life taking its course. But I would say that it's actually the direct result of choosing to serve God with my life and watching him bless it. Many people can acquire many things in their life and they can grow in many areas while they're at it, but be miserable in doing so. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10:22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I've seen my world get larger in another, in another season of my life as well that many of you here would relate to, and that was in becoming a new parent. Not only did my world get larger physically, but I had the opportunity in that season to become a part of another ministry team aside from worship. It was the new mom's care ministry team that we had years back. Now, I found when I was serving on this team that just like when I was serving on worship, my job was to create an atmosphere for these new mothers to connect with God. So often, moms can feel isolated in this new season. So instead of bringing music from the stage to these new moms, I was given the opportunity to bring a gift and a word of encouragement and a meal that just said, I love you and I care about you and you are not alone. Even in coming back to church in this season, a lot of times new moms can still feel like they're being trapped in the family room. But I'm telling you, to be a part of a ministry that was focused on connecting with these moms and helping them connect with each other and with God was just as important as serving on the worship team had ever been. There was significance to my serving, and as I gave out in this season, I received in return many new friends, and I again saw my world grow larger. A few years later, I was at a crossroads in what my next steps of ministry would be. So at a cherished night, I went down to the altar, and the woman at the altar who was supposed to be praying with me actually left me alone there because she felt like God tell her that he was going to tell me himself the thing that I needed to hear. As soon as she walked away, I immediately felt God so clearly direct me to sign up for the next intake of the Awaken internship, and I cried. <laughs> 
Shiloh was just three years old at the time, and Tatum was just one year old. While John and I's finances were secure, they were definitely stretched, and I wondered how we were going to be able to afford the additional cost of the program, on top of the additional cost of the childcare that was going to be required a couple days a week in order for me to do it. Aside from the cost, I also wondered how we were going to find a nanny that we really trusted in such a short amount of time to care for our two most precious possessions. But I went ahead and I said yes to the call of God, even though I did not yet have all of those ducks in a row. And I became an example to my daughters of what it looks like to be obedient to God. It gets better. Not only did we end up finding the most incredible nanny and now friend that we could have hoped, but in that year, we watched God multiply my husband's commissions at work exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could have ever asked or thought. It was incredible. As we generously gave our time and our finances into this year of serving, we watched God give generously back into our lives as well. And this year of serving in the internship became like the launching pad that God was using to quickly take my husband and I into the next levels of ministry that he had for us. God is looking for our yes. The blessings of God for our obedience are limitless, and they are full of miracles that could have been impossibilities, but were made possible because we decided to say yes and partner with him. We can see this in Moses' life. He was called by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the promised land. This journey was not easy. Even still, Moses said yes to serve the Israelites where God had positioned him to do so. In the middle of the challenges he faced, he had a choice to make. He could either quit on his call or he could cry out to his God. And Moses chose to cry out to God. When the people of Israel complained against God, complained against Moses, and were just disobedient, the Bible says that Moses would fall to the ground and cry out to God. He never quit, and God always came through in incredibly miraculous ways. And Moses' world also continued to grow larger. I'll be honest with you, even when I am right in the middle of God's perfect plan for my life, there have still been seasons of stretch where literally everything inside of me has just wanted to quit doing what I am doing. But in that moment, let me encourage you, don't quit. Cry out to God. God is where your help comes from. He will sustain you through the stretch that you're feeling. Give your cares to him. The Bible says in Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I'm sure you've heard this phrase said many times before, but it's worth repeating that all growth happens outside of the comfort zone. So if you are feeling a stretch, it's because you are growing, and that is a good thing, because the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Oh, there are seasons where rest is what is called for, and I can say this because I have experienced this. There was a year where I struggled with severe anxiety and panic attacks, and during that season, I removed myself from the worship roster for a few months' time 
so that I could focus on getting healing in my life where I was hurting the most. Now, it's important to say that during that time, I did not stop going to church. I knew that if there was one place I was going to make it every week, it was to the house of God. I learned during that season that healing is often a process. And when the enemy would have loved to convince me that this particular battle was never going to be won and that the rest of my life was not going to be the best of my life, I had a choice to make. I could either quit pursuing the call of God on my life or I could cry out and trust God to lift up the standard against the enemy. I chose the latter, and because of that, I'm standing here in victory today, able to speak this message to someone who needs to hear it. My world has gotten larger. Now, sometimes rest is what's needed, but most of the time, it's actually resilience. And resilience says, when the going gets tough, I will keep going. The enemy would love to take you out of the call for your life and make you feel defeated in whatever it is you're facing. But the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. With God at the center of my life, I overcame anxiety. And because of that now, I have a greater capacity to fulfill the call of God on my life than I ever had before. Even in the face of adversity, I saw my world grow larger and yours can too. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to the amazing Pastor Tim Smith. Come on. So good. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You know, I was a little nervous about uh, following Lauren. Now I'm really nervous. Man, go from beautiful Lauren to me. But, hey. A little fired up this morning? Okay. So uh, I am Tim Smith. I am, uh, have the privilege to be one of the lay pastors here at Awaken. And uh, I've, been a, I've been a coach for most of my professional life, so you'll hear people call me coach. So this may be, they, this may be part locker room speech and a preach at the same time. So there we go. Got to honor, though. Got to honor Connor. That was so good. Connor, where's Connor? So good, man. And Lauren, my gosh. That was spoken like a coach. Man, damn. It's really good. But also want to honor our campus pastors, Matt and Michaela. Man. Um, you know, when we first got to C3, Linda and I, my girlfriend for the last 32 years, almost 32 years, um, you know, we were, we came from on staff from another church and we were broken, beaten, defeated and uh, full of the religious spirit. <laughs> and, uh, but we were searching for more. And there was, you know, Jurgen and Leanne, incredible, got to honor them too. What, you know, look at God, takes two crazy Aussies, brings them to the land of the home of the free, right? And teaches us how to live in freedom. Incredible. But, there was, there was three big things, but one of the things were, you know, we didn't have a church building. We had Carmel Valley Middle School. And uh, I, you know, what you don't know is I was a PE teacher at the time at Carmel Valley Middle School. And so the thing that changed my heart were the bathrooms. <laughs> Seriously, it was the bathrooms. 
I saw those bathrooms Monday through Friday, and it wasn't good. And after a few Sundays, you know, I walked into those bathrooms, which I was kind of dreading, but I walked in there, and it was like, oh my gosh, it was like walking into a spa. There were like draperies and candles and like music, and it smelled really good. And I'm like, wow. But that spoke to me. And I was, and I was like thinking, you know, if someone's going to take that kind of detail to serve, then there's not anything that God wouldn't do to transform a life like that bathroom was transformed. And the person who was responsible for that bathroom was Pastor Michaela. So talking about raising a standard of serving, it was that that kept me here. Now, as much as Michaela kept me here, Pastor Matt tried to drive me away. And, uh, <laughs> true? <laughs> so, I got to honor you, though, because <laughs> it's you that cares enough to have the hard conversations with all of us, including myself, okay? fight against that religious spirit, to battle that thing, got to honor you, man, because really, really, it makes us all better. Yeah? And as a, as a coach, I can't give you a higher compliment than it makes us all better. So there we go. That's the intro. All right, now, uh, the title of uh, my mini message, kind of like a short story, is... Uh, <laughs> Thanks for you readers that are leaders. Um, and I thought this big, this, look at this big stage. Look at this thing. Hi, team. All right. This is for you, Weatherford, because you told me I click my heels when I speak. Okay. All right. The title of the message is all about the dubs. It's all about the dubs. And for those of you wondering what dubs are, they're, well, W's. Could be wheels, too, but that's a whole nother preach. So the dubs, all about the dubs. Now you probably think I'm going to talk about winning since I have a background as a coach. Well, yeah, we will. But winning is a byproduct. Winning is a result of a process. You have winning thoughts that produces winning language. You have winning language that produces winning actions. And when you have consistent winning actions, then you start to develop winning habits. And when you have winning habits, then you start to develop winning character. And when you have winning character, then you start to be a champion. Now, champions then make other champions. So that's where we are. Now, the character of our team, the champion, is Jesus Christ. And uh, everything else flows from there. So the first W I'm going to give you is who. Who. Who do you serve? Because we're raising up a standard of serving. That's what people on purpose is all about. So who do you serve? If you can throw up that first verse in Colossians, then we'll dig into that. Which it says, whatever you do, 
Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance, big word, from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So that's the who. But I want to focus on that inheritance. How many people think you got to die to receive your inheritance? Well, just so you know, Jesus already did the dying. He's not going to come and die again. So if he chooses to give us our inheritance early, that's up to him, right? And when we serve, it's about doing it all for him, for the king, for the champion in his house. And when you do that, you start to learn more about who he is. And you also get for him to reveal more about who you are in the process. Talk about a double portion of inheritance, serving in the house, who you serve. The second W is whose we serve. Whose do we serve? Matthew 25, 40 says, and the king replied, tell, uh, truly I tell you, whatever you do for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of, sisters of mine, so you do for me. Okay? And I tend to learn things the hard way sometimes. And uh, I learned that one the hard way. For the first four years coming to C3 or Awaken Now, um, Linda signed us up to volunteer in the guest lounge. Now, you don't know what the guest lounge is unless you've been around for a long time, but it's kind of like our high team is now. But we didn't have a facility. We didn't have a building. So every Sunday we would have to set up the guest lounge. Now the guest lounge were, we'd roll out carpets, we'd bring in couches, we'd put out coffee tables, we'd have all the drinks, we'd have coffee. We, made, we, don't, we didn't have a cafe. We were the cafe too. So we made the coffee, we made the tea, we had the drinks, we had snacks. And we had to get there early to set all that up. And you know, we had a school, so we're making it a church every Sunday. And all these different areas were doing the same thing. So we had a little stand, different standard of serving back in those days. But what that did was really work on all that fallow ground that was in my heart. And I remember sitting in service thinking about, you know, at the end of the service, I'm going to have to put all of the guest lounge away. <laughs> Rolling up the carpets sticking it in the big moving, moving truck, all the couches. And, you know, and that was after everybody left. So it was, it was a long time. So I'm think, sitting there thinking, and the Lord hits me with this verse. For whatever you do, release to these. So you do unto me. And I'm like going, wow, God. He goes, don't you want them to feel welcome when they come to my house? When they sit in my living room? Why do you, you want them to come back. You want them to know how much I love them. So after I wipe my sweating eyes, like Matt likes to say, um, I learned that lesson the hard way. So final W is who we represent when we serve. Now, Romans 12, 4 through 8 says this. says, for just as each of us has one body... 
with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, through many, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. <clears throat> Who do we represent when we serve? Well, we, yeah, we serve God. We serve Jesus. We serve the Holy Spirit, definitely. But we serve one another. We serve ourselves, right? We're representing. We are representing his kingdom, okay? So, as a coach, it's about being on a team. It's about being on the team, okay? One body to me means team, right? So, which team are you on today? If you want to serve, you got to get on the team first. Some of you today sitting there may have never made that decision to be on the team. But we're going to give you that moment, that invitation in just a minute. And some of you might have been on the team, but life, you know, it happens. It hits hard sometimes. And you may find yourself far from God this morning. Well, he's welcoming you back. Today is your day. He's got his arms open wide. He says, come back. And you may feel like you've been running away. But how do you really run away from God? You turn and you realize he's been there. He's right there with you all along. So with that said, if you're in one of those places, you haven't been on the team, or need to come back to the team, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. Bold. In fact, I'm praying for boldness this morning. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Because if you don't stand up, there we go, there we go, there we go, there we go. If you don't stand up, who's going to stand? And we need Christians that will stand today. Awesome. All right. Let's pray this together. The whole house and all those that are standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. And let's pray this together. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my whole heart. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising for me. And thank you for making me right now brand new. In Jesus' mighty name. All right. Let's everybody else stand up. I told you this is going to be part locker room speech. Let's go.
Now, we got people on the team. Now it's about going out there and getting on a team. Because through serving, you start winning. You start learning about you. You start learning, most importantly, about who he is. And it stretches you, it molds you, it makes you, your world gets larger, you end up doing things like you never thought you were gonna do before. And he's so faithful because he's the author and the finisher for your faith. But serving is the W. Serving is the W. So one last thing as I close. Every team I've ever led, been a coach of, when I'd say, we are, my team would say, one. We are, one. we are, one. we are, one. we are one body of Christ in Jesus' name. Oh my goodness. That was unbelievable. Is this your phone? Sorry, sorry. Holy cow. How incredible was that, Connor Mead? I was, my eyes were sweating. Lauren Day, some more, so I'm already dehydrated. We haven't even got till the 11. But I'm telling you, we could have picked up nuggets in every single one of those. And I'm so proud of each of them because I know they're hard. I've watched their journey, all of them. And it's true is we can never let the enemy define who we are. We serve a God that's trying to reintroduce us to what our identity in Christ looks like. And I encourage you today, you might be your first time to this house. You're like, what's going on? Just hang out. So do the sniff test in a healthy way. But it's so important that you see the fruit of what's coming out of here. I came in here broken the first Sunday. Thought I found my passion, loved my purpose. But I mean, no, God knew how to level up my life. Don't be like me. I was stubborn for six months because I had so much healing that needed to happen. And I grew up with an amazing family. I was in church, but I was just doing it my way. If I had to give you any piece of advice, do it God's way. He loves you so much. And it's amazing when you yield to him, there is no, God's outside of time. It's as fast as you wanna go to the next level in your life. It's how much you trust God. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter if you come to both services and Wednesday night and serve, that, that doesn't matter. It's how much do you trust him? And that's, that's a journey for each and every one of us. This is trust, trust in God. So listen, for those of you that stand it, I'm so proud of you. We have someone that wants to pray with you, look after you. We have a book called Following Jesus and a Bible we wanna give you. We wanna pray for you. For those of you that already know, like, man, I've been coming a, a little while now, I wanna get plugged in. That screen, if we could put that other screen back up, that altar call screen, response screen, I wanna show you, this is the journey real quick come back next Sunday but we have Wednesday night services too join a connect group
read the Bible. Right here should be men's and women's prayer. Right where that arm is. Attend DNA course to help unlock your destiny. We have Easter signs. You want to come up and model that, Vanna? Look at this. This is yard signs. Give it to the left over here. Stage right. Okay, right over here. We want you to grab some yard signs. A lot of your neighbors will really love it when you put it in their yard. My favorite is I would always give out $20 bills if someone really extreme. And then we got kicked out of Sprouts because one of the youth went and put it right in the organic session of the avocados. Stabbing the avocados. I don't recommend that. But have fun with it. But have fun with it. But let me pray for you this morning. How many of you just received something this morning? Come on. Make sure, hopefully they'll be out there. Give them some love. Cheer them on. But I really want to see something shift in every one of us. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your words this morning. Thank you for using these incredible people to reflect your goodness. God, I thank you, Lord, that your Bible speaks truth and the truth will set us free. There's freedom in this house. God, I thank you for those that are bold, that are standing in boldness today. I thank you for those that are being restored. I thank you for those that are being healed. And those for the first time are he healing a non-religious doctrine about the good news of Jesus. That you want us winning in life. We thank you for the dubs. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.